guys welcome back to our channel this episode isn't going to be about anything new it is going to be about mental health too i just thought that there's a lot of field to cover on this topic and it would be better to do it as two episodes so in the previous episode we had discussed about the ways to keep our mental health in check during this lockdown but this episode is going to be all about the stigma surrounding this particular topic and i'm also going to tell you guys about the two types of mental health issues which a lot of people go through having a mental disorder isn't easy and it's even harder when people assume that you can just get over it being asked why are you depressed life is beautiful is like saying why do you have asthma there's so much air isn't it pathetic mental health is not a destination but a process it's about how you drive not where you're going depression is real it's not a myth like a lot of people say teenagers like us don't say it out loud even if we feel any signs of depression because we think our parents will be embarrassed and probably won't believe us in the first place i don't blame them if they don't cuz that's how they were brought up There are parents who understand and know that the struggle is real. Saying it out loud is even harder when you have everything in life and nothing to complain about but you still feel low. I was so ashamed of how I felt because I had such a privileged upbringing. I'm very lucky but I had depression. I had moments where I didn't want to carry on living. but then the guilt of feeling that way and not being able to tell anyone because i shouldn't feel that way just left me feeling blame and guilt said car delavin in an interview now moving on to the mental health issues that i said about earlier so the first mental health issue that we're going to be discussing about is gaslighting what exactly is gaslighting it is a form of mental abuse and manipulation that causes the victim to question their own reality signs that you have been a victim of gaslighting asking or wondering if other people think that you are lying about your struggles minimizing your own problems putting others before you until it's debilitating apologizing often constantly being worried of being wrong heightened anxiety or insecurity self gaslighting sounds like I am being too dramatic or sensitive or emotional. I am not sick enough to be diagnosed with this or that particular disease. Other people have it worse than me, so I shouldn't feel upset. There must be something wrong with me. Normal people's minds don't work like this. Am I making this up? This is all my fault and I am to blame. I know they love me and didn't mean it like that. So I shouldn't be hurt. Are these familiar to you? If so, you are not alone because I myself am a victim of this. I have been doing this to myself for years. It can be a direct result of struggling with invisible illnesses like chronic pain, eating disorders, PTSD, anxiety and many more. It may be a mode of survival for us. I have found a few ways to cope up with it, so let's take a deep breath and let's explore the ways to work on unlearning self gaslighting ways to do so practice recognizing when you have gaslit yourself ask yourself where it has stemmed from and what you may be internalizing from the toxic outside forces replacing these hurtful phrases with self affirming phrases is a way to combat self gaslighting
Remember that self-affirmation can feel strange or false at first, especially for someone who is so used to telling themselves the opposite. Self-affirming phrases to practice. My feelings and emotions are valid. I will never be too much. I will always be enough. I can still recognize that someone loves me while recognizing that they have heard me. This is healthy and okay. Nothing is wrong with me. I do not have to compare struggles to invalidate my own. My feelings are real. I deserve to be listened to. I am worthy of love. I deserve love. I don't know if you guys have heard about this before or ever felt like this, but if you have, you are not alone. One in 100 teenagers have been a victim of this, including myself. This is real, but it's not anything that we can't overcome. And moving on to the second uh, mental health issue that I discussed about earlier, mental exhaustion. Mental exhaustion can happen to anyone who experiences long-term stress. It can make you feel overwhelmed and emotionally drained and make your responsibilities and problems seem impossible to overcome. Feelings of detachment and apathy can wreak havoc in all aspects of your personal and school life. You may feel trapped in your situation and as if the power to do anything about it is out of your hands, but you can overcome mental exhaustion with some help. Mental exhaustion symptoms. Mental exhaustion causes physical as well as emotional symptoms. It can also impact your behavior, which others may notice even before you do. Symptoms of mental exhaustion can vary from person to person and often begin to show gradually, creeping up on you during pe- periods of extreme stress. If stress continues to weigh on you, you may reach a point when you feel as though you're in a dark hole and can't see your way out. Many people refer to this as a burnout, though it's not officially a recognized term. Even if you're not experiencing all of the signs and symptoms, it's important to recognize these are the signs that could indicate you are on the path to mental exhaustion or burnout. Emotional signs. Emotional signs of mental exhaustion may include depression, anxiety, cynicism or pessimism, apathy, detachment, anger, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of dread, lack of motivation, decline in productivity, difficulty concentrating. Physical signs of mental exhaustion may include headaches, upset stomach, body aches, chronic fatigue, changes in appetite, insomnia, weight gain or weight loss, increased illness such as colds and flu. Behavioral signs Your mental exhaustion can cause you to behave in ways that are out of character for you. Behavioral signs may include poor performance at work, social withdrawal or isolation, inability to keep personal or work commitments, calling in sick to work or school more often. There are ways to treat and cope with the mental exhaustion, which I will be discussing about now. Remove the stressor. It's not always possible to eliminate the source of your stress, but it is the best way to treat stress. If you're overwhelmed by your responsibilities at home or work, consider asking for help with tasks or delegating some of your responsibilities to others. 
Take a break. Time to rest and recharge is an important part of treating mental exhaustion. This can mean taking an extended vacation, which isn't exactly possible during this pandemic, but just taking a bit of time for yourself each day should do the trick. And by take a break, I mean from social media too. I know the last part is a bit hard, but you have to do it. Taking a walk on your free time or taking in a movie with a friend or family once a week can do wonders for your stress levels. Exercise. It's not easy to find the motivation to exercise even on a good day, but exercise has many proven benefits for your physical and emotional health. You don't need to engage in a complex or high-intensity activity to reap the benefits. Moderate exercise such as a brisk walk is enough. Get more sleep. Sleep is necessary for your emotional well-being. Aim to get the recommended 8 hours of sleep each night. One of the best ways to ensure a good night's sleep is to avoid spending too much time in bed throughout the day, something to which a mental exhaustion may contribute. Develop a bedtime routine and stick to it, such as doing some light reading for a few minutes before turning in at the same time every night. This is also a very common mental health issue a lot of people go through, not just teenagers but people of all age groups. This is quite natural considering the stressful life that everyone has in the current world. We just have to learn how to cope with it. Healing takes time and asking for help is a courageous step. When Michelle Obama talked about this, she said, "Sadly, too often The stigma around mental health prevents people who need help from seeking it. But that simply doesn't make any sense. Whether an illness affects your heart, your arm or your brain, it's still an illness and there shouldn't be any distinction. We should make it clear that getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength and we should ensure that people can get the treatment they need. I hope this episode helps people who are going through this and for those who are not this episode is purely for awareness. You might not be going through this but your friend or one of your loved ones might. If you notice anyone exhibiting any of the symptoms from what I said before, reach out to them. Let them know you're there for them. Let them know that they can open up and confide in you because sometimes all they may require is one person. just one person whom they can trust and let it all out to let's be that one person to someone this was a very emotional and personal episode to me and i'm glad i did this episode we would like to let the listeners of this episode know that if any one of you are going through something we're there to listen to you you can trust and confide in us you can dm us on our official instagram page which is controlled by me and swetha only I have mentioned our Instagram ID in the description of this episode. This is Hania signing off on Candid until our next episode. Peace out.